Hello and welcome to episode 175, inching ever closer to 200, of the Heart of Markness Led Zeppelin podcast. Howdy-do, folks. This week, what I have for you is July 26th, 1995, Page and Plant, Wembley Arena, in the good old U of K. This is not the typical something-something smoke uh, bootleg. Oh, please, no, I can't get, get the... This isn't the typical one that's been around forever. I don't know if this is a new source, uh, but it's an alternate source to the one that I've had for a trillion years. And uh, I really like it. I found it on Dime a Dozen last week and grabbed it and decided to use it. The 95 um, Plage Plant Tour, I can't even remember what they called it. It wasn't Walking Into Everywhere. That was the 98 Tour, Unleaded Tour, like whatever. Um, I saw it in Portland, Oregon, in May of 95, and it was great. I enjoyed myself. I didn't get out of my seat and start screaming until um, the uh, Arab Orchestra and percussionists came in during in the evening that got me out of my seat before that I was watching and enjoying but I wasn't losing my mind which um I don't know there's just something for the for this tour about me there's not a tremendous amount for me of incredible Jimmy moments this is a big production, very, very cool, and was huge news back in the day, almost 30 years ago. <laughs> almost 30 years ago was the fucking reunion of Jimmy and Robert. God, we're old. Um, and I, I've told you before that I was at the Robert Plant show in Boston in 93 that Jimmy was at where the whole unleaded thing came together. Jimmy was sitting at the soundboard. I did not see him. My friend Eric, who I went with, saw him when he went to the bathroom. And he came back and he's like, Jimmy's sitting at the soundboard. I'm like, fuck you. Turns out Jimmy was sitting at the soundboard. Not running the board, but just watching the show from the board. And, um, yeah, they put together uh, the reunion. Coincidentally, the very same year that Robert's manager became Jimmy's manager. Then all that ridiculous horseshit that was keeping them apart, Robert's reluctance, Jimmy's substances and drinking and sloppy playing and all went out the window. And uh, or I'm sure they just resolved it. I don't mean it was flippant like that, but having Bill Kerbishley, who also produced The Who, not produced, uh, represented The Who for years. I don't know if he still does. Having uh, Bill Kerbishley representing both Robert and Jimmy, he had the inside scoop on them both, got them both together and said, do fucking something. And they did. And they put out the unlet, the No Quarter album. And they did the thing for MTV, which was unleaded. Oh, that's what it was. Unleaded tour. Yay. Uh, which was very cute. Very cute name. And consisted of many retoolings and revisions of Zeppelin classics. Some significantly done, redone, like the acoustic no quarter with all the effects, which I love, and some that were just standard. Uh, since I've been loving you, Kashmir, Ramble On, which for some reason they've been in love with forever, and the Wanton Song, things like that were pretty straightforward. Uh, the band was Robert Plant's solo rhythm section. I can't help but think that he kind of wanted a leg up in the, you know, the, the balance of power. And Jimmy's natural place in that dynamic is at the helm. And Robert has been on record of, you know, first of all, just wanting to get away from the, the, the horrible dysfunction and disease of the latter days of Zeppelin. You know, and now, now we've kind of... Uh, through various, well, through the internet and tons and tons of, of biographies and um, things, we kind of get more of a 
an honest look at what the band was like and how it was deeply, deeply, deeply just hobbled by addiction at every level. Peter Grant lost the ability to manage, uh, you know, effectively. Richard Cole got so fucked up, the band kicked him out for the 1980 tour. And Jimmy was, of course, you know, deep in it. And Robert was just kind of having dealt with the loss of his precious boy coming back to it going, why do I want to be doing this? So there's a lot of that bitter taste. If, if, if you're old, like me, if you were a boomer of the age where you got to see Zeppelin live, that's great. I'm Gen X. I got to see Robert and Jimmy in the 80s, which was uh, not as great, but still pretty fucking great. Um, and in the 90s with Page Plant, which was significantly greater. This 94-95 tour has a lot of extra weight on it, which works most of the time. Uh, in my opinion, this is a tremendously, hugely successful venture that um, I'm just giving my two cents on. This is not the definitive how it is. I prefer the 98 tour tremendously over this. Um, I like the the Japan... South America, Australian. Did they play Australia? I think they did. In 96, I like those. Especially the Japan ones, because those were very, very experimental, because they got rid of a lot of the uh, extra people on the stage, and it was just a four-piece again with an orchestra, and the, they had all the percussionists and stuff. But um, Pearl Thompson from The Cure was on as a second guitarist, which was really cool. And it was interesting to see him playing the uh, solo part for The Song Remains the Same. When I saw him in Portland, I'm like watching Jimmy and he's strumming and I'm watching Pearl Thompson and he's playing the solo in his little, I don't know, monk's robes or whatever he wore. It was neat, but it, it was, um, I wanted Jimmy Page to come back screaming and Jimmy Page came back very much like, what do I have to do to make this work, honey? Um, in my opinion. And he was still drinking. And uh, probably, anecdotally, I heard he was still doing a little blow here and there. Um, but the drinking... And if, you know, it made him... That's why he looked puffy and bloated, because he was. And that's why he was kind of sloppy. You know, that Jimmy Page slop that we got used to doesn't need to be there. And he worked out a lot of that in 98 and got, you could tell he was fitter and just in better, in better shape. Um, not to say that this was problematic. It wasn't. But there was just kind of a, a bit of a disconnect between the, the kind of uh, long permed hair with the prominent bald spot and, and the, the, the silk shirt kind of thing. It just... In 94, Paige, Jimmy kind of looked like a middle-aged rock star holding on to youth. He, I liked him a lot better when he let his hair go gray and uh, started getting someone to buy his clothes for him and dressing stylishly. But, wow, nine minutes of bullshit. <laughs> Here we go. He starts out his podcast by shitting on the band he loves for ten minutes. Then he plays the music and come back, comes back and talks about how wonderful it was. Welcome to the podcast. Um, it's a long roundabout way of me saying I prefer the 98 tour, the 2000 Black Crows tour. Musically, I can't stand Chris Robinson's voice on that tour. But um, this is really neat. This is really neat. It's, it's far, seems to be, uh, far less Jimmy Page creative involvement and control than Robert, which is interesting, but it's still page plant on stage. But then, you know, as the time went on, the rhythm section kind of gravitated a little more towards Jimmy because he's working with them and he's a fucking genius. So by the 98 tour, it really felt like Robert's band that Jimmy was, the, I mean, Jimmy's band and Robert was singing. Whereas this to me feels like Robert's band and Robert's production at which Jimmy Page appears and, and takes place. Um, 
just a minor, minor difference, but uh, one that I, I can, I can, I can sense. And um, so they, they went on the road. They did not. They brought an Egyptian orchestra with them. I think it was an Egyptian orchestra, and and a suite of Egyptian or of. Uh, I think they were Egyptian percussionists playing some really, really cool stuff that you're going to hear. They had an Egyptian uh, Egyptian orchestra as well playing as, and they would just, whoever, wherever um, they went, whatever town they were in, they would have the local uh, orchestra, symphony, whatever, show up and play that night off of, uh, off of sheet music. Very, very standard. You don't want to be bringing, you know, 30 people in an orchestra on the road with you. Jesus Christ. Especially when you're bringing all those other people from the other orchestra and the percussionists and the guy from The Cure and Nigel, who plays the hurdy-gurdy, and the other guy who plays the banjo and the bodron, I think. Great shit. I loved... Now we're 11 minutes. Wow, I talked so long that the screensaver came up. Um... Let's jump into it. This is July 26, 1995, Wembley Arena. Great show. Successful. They have been on the road for months already. They uh, finished up the first U.S. run. They would go back to the United States shortly thereafter in autumn for another run through. Raking in the money, raking in the ticket sales because everybody wanted to see this show. Because it's the first time you're seeing Jimmy and Robert together on tour. All you had before that were the occasional jam session, if you were lucky to be there. Then you had Live Aid and the Atlantic Reunion. And at this point, you also had the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame reunion, which was fun. I liked that. It's funny that Neil Young completely monopolized that jam of Levy. And it was so funny because everybody else just laughed. Because it's like, hey, look, Led Zeppelin's jamming. Let's listen to him. Wow, who's going to solo for 15 minutes? Neil Young. Great. All right, here's the set list. You'll be able to get this at heartofmarkness.com, the entire show. Got the intro, Immigrant Song, Into the Wanton Song, Bring It On Home, Ramble On, Thank You, No Quarter, Introduction of Everybody, Battle of Evermore, which is a really neat reworking, The Hurdy Gurdy Solo, also fucking cool, Gallows Pole, since I've Been Loving You, more introductions. Song Remains the Same, Going to California, Friends, Four Sticks, Whole Lot of Love, In the Evening, A Whole Track of Crowd Noise, and then the Encores, Black Dog, and Cashmere, followed by the outro. Super good, super fun, super good energy. Let's jump in. We are going to hear... The Immigrant Song, Into the Wanton Song, basically what they played when they came out on stage and you were seeing Jimmy and Robert for the first time. And if you were too young to see Zeppelin and you didn't get to see them, this is as close as it's going to get. Holy shit, Led Zeppelin. Here we go.
that's a filthy song. That should be a filthy performance. I mean, it's not filthy. It isn't filthy. It's just sex. My fire needs a brand new flame, etc., etc. And the wheel rolls on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a very swaggery... Same vein as sick again. The whole, I'm on the road, I get pussy all the time. It is nothing for me. And as soon as you're gone, there'll be another one that looks just like you, or even better. And I will not be lonely or bored. Uh, it's a swagger song. And, uh, I don't know. The 75 versions that came out from Minneapolis, fucking incredible. Fucking incredible. This is also not bad, so I'm going to stop shitting on it. I'm just going to basically TLDR after so much talk and say, you know what? I am not particularly at this time uh, in the mood for Page Plant 95 all that much. Therefore, its charms aren't really working on me as they usually will. Although by the end of this, I'll be like, what a fucking band. Oh my God, you guys, how could we? Because that's what happens because they're fucking great and they will win me over and they will seduce me again. So how are they going to do that? Well, let me tell you, maybe, maybe, hmm. Did I get since I've been loving you? I have to listen to what the next song is. Hang on one second. All right. Well, Let's start the 180 turnaround right now and listen to In the Evening with a nice carousalambra in the middle as the Oreo creamy filling. Wonderfully played with the incredible Egyptian percussion orchestra guys. I can't remember. Ah, shit. I used to know all these names. And then I did a podcast and forgot it all. Ah, I can't remember. And anything I guess will just sound racist. <laughs> so, fantastic musicians, percussionists. Uh, I believe they were from Egypt. Really great. Really great. You'll hear them. If, you, if you're not familiar with this, the 95, the page plant stuff, what they did is they had uh, Robert, of course, being very, very into all kinds of world music, as, as, as is Jimmy. Jimmy had been from the start. He was into, he called it CIA, Celtic, uh, no. Celtic, I think. Celtic or Carnatic, Indian and Arabic music. Semitones, uh, the drones and things like that. Kashmir, perfect example. Uh, shit, Midnight Moonlight, uh, Black Mountainside, all that stuff. Robert was very into it at the time. And um, I think the both of them, and I get I get why they didn't have John Paul Jones, because then it would be a Led Zeppelin reunion, and then it would be a whole bigger thing that they would not be able to control or corral. And John Paul Jones was not managed by Bill Kerbishley. Um So it would be something different, and it would be something that Robert wouldn't have control of. Because then it, then it would grow. And Jonesy, nobody has control of Jonesy. If he doesn't like what those guys are doing, he just rents a fucking um, Winnebago. It goes off on his own. Like, all right, I'll see you in Chicago. Drove him crazy on the 77 tour when he was like, you know what? I, uh, I'm not really addicted to anything. I'm a family guy. I'm going to drive my Winnebago and I'll see you at the next gig. Mazel tov. <sighs> This is in the evening with the Egyptian orchestra, with the regular orchestra, with the percussionists, with Jimmy and Robert, with Pearl Thompson, maybe even with the hurdy-gurdy dude. I can't remember. It is good. It is in, de it is in depth. It is, it is thick and rich, which is great because live in the evening with Zeppelin was a fucking travesty with that thin keyboard sound. The audience tapes did reveal a much better sound. It was much fuller, but it still it still was was anemic, especially with that. Doo -doo 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 that was an embarrassment. Um, this is way different. If you haven't heard it, you're gonna really love it. Headphones on, guys. Oh, somebody actually mentioned in the Facebook group. Mimo might have been. Um, 
or Kanegarn, I can't remember, but but one of the regulars in the Facebook group, uh, which you should join, Heart of Darkness, mentioned, you know, basically bounced off something that I had said about how the headphones really help, and how I should maybe give headphone recommendation uh, in the podcast to let people know. There is a lot more to hear if you've got headphones. Some of these recordings, like I said last week, some of these will sound fine in headphones, but on something else will sound like shit. This will not sound like shit. This is a good recording. This is a very, very good audience recording. Very well done. Love it. It'll be fine. But there's always more to hear in headphones. Remember when you were a kid and you'd listen to The Wall in headphones over and over again? Or Zeppelin, you know, Physical Graffiti, all these Yes albums. Just you'd sit there, headphones on, and just study it. Looking at the liner notes, looking at the cover art, and taking it in. Headphones are great. And, you know, since we're listening to live performances amateurly recorded, any leg up you can get to help improve the appreciation of the music is, is, you know, nothing but beneficial. So headphones, always, always recommended. But for this, it's not necessary. If you're at your computer at work or you've just got this playing on your phone or in your car or whatever, no worries. This is just fine. Which you already know, because you've already heard it in the Watton song. Fuck. I am just wasting everybody's time. So I'm going to shut up and play in the evening. It is very good. And after the Carousel Ombra, when the build-up, that boom, 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 and everybody comes in, listen to the percussionist. Don't listen to Michael Lee playing drums. Listen to the Egyptian percussionists and the crazy polyrhythms they're doing right under the surface and hear how that song soars. All right, here we go.
I like it. I like the 95 in the evenings a lot more than the 1980 and 79 in the evenings. A lot going on there. Very dense and rich. I hope you liked it too. I like the Carousel Umbra. Jimmy's tone sounded great. It's great to hear those really good. And of course, all that percussion in the background. So fucking good. All behind the steady 4 4. Alrighty. Hope you liked it, friends. You can find me on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter under the name Heart of Markness. You can also find me on the aforementioned heartofmarkness.com. That's where you can download that complete show and almost all the other shows that I cover at heartofmarkness.com. Pretty neato, eh? And all of this is brought to you courtesy of the support from my patrons, the titans upon whose shoulders rests this humble yet mighty podcast so if you may be interested in becoming a patron and supporting materially this humble podcast go to patreon.com slash heart of markness or when you're at heart of click the patreon button see if there's something there that appeals to you patrons get their own podcast every month just for them and they get access to the cloud drive with all the shows that i cover as well as shows that i might cover and shows that i might not cover extra stuff so you don't have to go through the, the website harder markness and try and find it it's all right there for you plus a whole bunch of other stuff all right a laurel and hardy handshake go out to brian matt steven george big ed kenny john from west footscray picard knegern chris rob wayne wayne thank you for the bump up buddy that's really really sweet of you brad Danielle, Tracy, David, Bonzo, Billy, and Mimo. Love you guys, each and every one of you. Super duper important. What you do, it really makes a difference. It makes a material difference. And makes it much easier for me to keep going and move forward. You support, you, you provide the hosting for the website. You provide the hosting for the, for the podcast. You provide the hosting for the music from the podcasts. You provide the microphone through which I speak with you. God, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much for helping me, uh, you know, work this through and get this little thing out there and share some beautiful live music. Let's get back to it. The live music will, of course, can't have any Page Plant show from 95 without the epic Kashmir with the orchestras and the percussion. So good. Not as good as the 2007 reunion with just the four guys. That was brilliant. But this is really fucking great. And, uh, yeah, it's got some oomph to it. Jimmy had his, uh, trans performance, I think it was called. It had Langiap, I think, was was the official name. L-A-N-G-I-A-P-P-E. But it's a Les Paul with buttons on it. That just, it basically has motors and sensors and it tunes the guitar automatically on the fly. So he could switch tunings on the fly and do his real wow stuff. Um, really neat, really fucking cool. And I first noticed it in Kashmir on the Unleaded show. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you enjoyed this show. I'll be back to say bye, but here it is. The last show of the evening, ladies and gentlemen. Kashmir. Enjoy. July 26, 1995. Let's not forget. We'd like to thank Radio 1. And uh, we'd also like especially to thank, seriously, Rusted Roots, who've been with us so much in America. Amazing band. And um, we hope to be with them until we all implode. Well done, guys. And, and
that's how you end a show. That's how you end a show. Very nicely done, boys. Very nicely done. All right, friendos. I am going to go eat some dinner now. It's six o'clock here in Portland, Oregon. On August 4th, 2022. The 43rd anniversary of the first Nebworth show. All right, friends. Thank you so much. I'll be back next week. I probably will not do a classic rock one this weekend, although I might. We'll see. There may be a classic rock episode between then and now. I will shoot for one. I love doing it, and it always does great for the numbers, because turns out there's people who like other bands, too. So, we shall see. All right. Love you guys. Thank you for listening. Mark at heartofmarkness.com if there's anything you want to tell me. And uh, be good to yourselves and each other. Bye-bye.